0: Welcome to Mike's Camera Action. This week, I'm joined by... Jackson. Hey, Jackson. Hey you doing, Carl? <laughs> I'm good. And this week, we're doing... Okay, I'm going. I'm go- before I say this, I'm going to break into one of my secret shames. So, Jackson, you and I have talked about this plenty, but I don't think I've ever brought this up on the show before. But despite studying film for nine, ten years at this point, I have never in my life seen... A certain film called The Shawshank Redemption. It's unbelievable. I couldn't believe it. I, I'm i very unknowledgeable when it usually comes to the film. And it's my favorite movie. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, until this week, I had never actually seen this film. I uh, As soon as, right before we watched it, I had to ask you... What did you know about the movie beforehand? Yep. And you said to me, "Get busy living, <laughs> get busy dying, and crawling through feces." Yep. That was basically all you knew. That was the gist of it. Like, sure. I, and having uh, having seen it now, I can tell you. I've, oh, you know everything. Uh, yeah. Now, well, now I know it all. <laughs> but I can tell you for sure, I've seen like some stuff of it parodied. Yeah. Um. And so I knew like a lot of some of the beats in it. Yeah. Fucking loved it. It was yeah. really good. <laughs> I, I don't ever really hear a negative reaction about the movie. No, I'm not sure. I, I honestly don't have any faults like, about this film. It, what, like, the pacing is fantastic. The music's great. The story's am- amazing, um, which doesn't shock me. I mean, it's still a Stephen King book yeah. turned into a movie. And it's also by Frank Darabont, who, who did another one of my favorite Stephen King interpretations, which is The Mist, yep. which I thought was fucking incredible. He also did the first season of The Walking Dead, which I still think is the best season. Like, and, I'm, and this is coming from someone who stopped watching a season or two ago. I don't know how far in they are now. I, but I'm pretty but sure it's not. Things. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the current season is not better than the first based on where I left <laughs> off. And, and seeing this just, yeah, I, I totally thought like, great, great film. Great film. One well, of my favorite, might as well like cut straight to the end. One well, of my favorite things in this film is the moment they reveal Andy's escape yeah because it shows just how much effort and thought went into it over a long time. like this is a guy who, as red tells us wasn't meant to be caged yeah it, like he's, he's a bird that must fly free pretty much so He's spent and he's a very and like he's a very meticulous thinker yeah so the way it goes and, and so the way it goes through it's just so perfect where he's spent all this time just slowly tunneling out. The moment he found he could dig a tunnel out, he went. Okay, I need to cover this up with a poster. He asks for Rita Hayworth, gets the poster, and it. And it's just this like clever way of. It totally makes sense. What like, the way he asks for like, yeah, just the poster he asks for. It's like okay, sure that. Yeah. Yeah, that makes. What well, well, prison guy isn't gonna want that on the wall? Yeah, exactly. I and haven't it, seen a woman in ten years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh god. It also fits in with his whole thing about geology. Yeah. Like it. You know he seems to have a have a fixation for it, and that covers up the way that he's just like he's asking for a rock hammer. He's trying to sneak out. Um, he he it, it makes an excuse for him having a couple of loose stones and pebbles on the uh, uh, on the windowsill until he can dump it out later. I wonder how much of the carved stuff actually was just a big chunk he pulled out of the wall. <laughs> Could be. That's entirely something that's entirely possible and make and totally makes sense. There's also a great moment in there that has this beautiful reveal where early on when the warden's um, casing his room, he t- uh, he takes the Bible out of yeah. Dufresne's hands and he's holding it in his hands, asking about his favorite uh, passage. And right inside that Bible in that moment, we don't know <laughs> until the very end, but he's holding the rock hammer carved out of this Bible. Yep. That's so beautiful. Every time I see that, I think to myself, if he just opened that now, he would raise hell. Yep. If like, he just opened it up to be like to whatever his favorite chapter was, because surely he knows exactly where it is in that book. If he just opened it up to whatever chapter, he would immediately see the rock hammer carved out of it, and that would be a month in the hole with uh, Andy, <laughs> and he'd never be getting contraband in again. They're... I wonder how much uh, time in the whole blasphemy actually gets you. <laughs> oh man, they nev- they they actually just throw you in, and then they don't get you back out. <laughs> <laughs> they- they just treat you as dead on entry. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> they, they drywall up over it. Well, really, they did treat a lot of people dead on entry. It was not a great prison. Oh, that was... Shawshank is awful. Like, just the treatment of anyone there is terrible. There was the, um, the large guy at the start. Mm. First night in prison. And he's dead. Yeah, he, he was dead before the, before the next morning. Yep. On, so on their way into the prison, they've got the whole, like, new fish hazing ceremony basically where they walk people in through the whole like through all these holes of prisoners yeah. while they're just taking bets on okay who do you think's gonna crack first and of course it's the big guy the fat guy and the, so the guy's screaming like oh i, I don't belong Mama, here i, I don't want do to be here i yeah, I, i'm innocent and then captain of the guard uh what was what, the name of the captain of the guards uh, name? hadley hadley that's it just drags him out of the cell and beats him within an inch of his life and the poor guy dies because no one's working in the infirmary at like uh, at midnight. That's it. <laughs> Welcome to uh 40's prison. Yep, that's exactly it. That's such a brilliant introduction to what's going to like f- for for Andy, that's just that's going to be it for the rest of uh for the rest of the time he's there. Just all right, piss the guards off, you get beaten to death, problem solved. And then of course you've got the sisters. Oh, Boggs and the Sisters were probably some of the worst things in that movie. Oh, yeah. By far. There's so many jokes about don't drop the soap or something, <laughs> and these guys just make it go, okay, now I'm not, this is not a joke anymore. This is actually terrible. Yeah, and they're not waiting for you to drop the soap. No. <laughs> they'll, they'll come into the uh, wa- the washer with you, and you'll throw, try to throw soap in their eyes, and they'll stop you. Yeah. <laughs> Good God. If it gets in your eyes, it'll blind you. All right, try it, punk. Yeah. Sure enough, uh, there's another guy waiting. Granted, though, he had what was coming to him. Oh, yeah. Dude, dude, I feel no sympathy for Bob after that. Boggs. Boggs, sorry. Yep. yep. He's a, He did not... He was just the, one of the worst characters in that. Oh, yeah. I do like, though, that across the entirety of this film, everyone who did bad generally got what was coming to them. Yeah. Like, karma was a big thing in this movie. Yeah. All the bad people got punished. Always. Yeah, you're right. Which is I like, like it doesn't it doesn't seem like a good like hero story, mm. uh, where all the bad guys lose. Yeah, but it is in the end. Like it did happen. You're actually not. I, thinking about it now, you're actually pretty right on that. Like all the people, like there's a, there's a good through line of justice and and sure enough, retribution in this film, where like the innocent or or the the guilty are still like sure enough, it takes place in a prison, and you see the like the worst of the worst get punished. Like Warden Norton, sure enough. Hasn't been tried of a crime, but he's still guilty of serious levels of corruption, which we see him like committing under Andy. He's still a terrible person who's you know very cruel and uh, and looks the other way when, sure enough, uh, his guard captain Hadley is doing really terrible shit, like para- like making a man paraplegic. He also ordered the man to murder someone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He, ha- he has he has Hadley. Perform a hit in a guy just because he might cause uh, andy just because he might have a way to get Andy a retrial oh oh the guy who's laundering your money might get out of your prison well, can't have that he has to be in here until I die <laughs> <laughs> well, he did die yeah exa- uh, yeah he did but although, although, andy although Andy out. got <laughs> out first <laughs> what a, what a what a great way to do that through probably the worst way I would want to escape a prison yeah you, w- would that be the worst way you want to escape a prison through the poop pipe man. I didn't even want to use the drop toilets when I went away (laughs) to a camp. I don't want to go near feces and just shit. It would have smelled bad. It was liquid, Carl. Yeah. That's terrible. I I was watching a couple of clips. I was re-watching a couple of clips last night from uh, from the movie just to refresh my brain. And one of the things I found was the Family Guy parody of Shawshank. (laughs) (laughs) And one of my favorite lines in that was, while he's crawling through the poop pipe, They've got Cleveland being red, doing the voiceover, and he's like... Why Andy tried to escape on enchilada night, I will never know. <laughs> oh, I've seen the odds a really good one. That's just they, so they, they did an earlier one as well. Besides the episode, they've mm-hmm. actually referenced um, Shawshank before. Mm. They had the Monopoly guy be Andy facing off against the sisters. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, it's an influential film though. It's in yeah, ev- it's in so much. Yeah, there's, there's scenes from this have been taken and like you know reused everywhere. Like sh- this is a very very iconic movie, I'd, I'd say. Enchilada night. <laughs> night, good god, the worst night to escape. It's so bad. There's so much poop. Oh, it was so bad. I will never get over that see, scene. See, I'd rather crawl through the poop pipe than try jumping the fence. If I'm honest. Oh yeah, well, like I'd rather that. Th- shot. Yeah, I'd rather that than like have to dodge bullets or risk having them sick dogs on you or something. Uh, King sniper Hadley in the tower over there oh yeah man Chris Kyle American sniper up there <laughs> <laughs> he'll put three in your chest before you even realize a hit's been put in you <laughs> I've seen this movie multiple times I never knew Hadley's name was Byron Byron Hadley Byron mm. Hadley oh yeah because they only say that right at the end don't they they say it when tw- they arrest they say it twice him. oh at the end when they arrest him mm. and then when his brother dies and he's like oh, oh Byron I'm so sorry he's like I'm not yeah what a fucking dick (laughs) i'm not the guy was an asshole jesus dude he's an absolute prick as they described him as hadley's a total shit the the only there's one redeeming moment for him which is like so so he first off terrible like we see him beat uh the guy to death uh we then see him about to throw uh andy off the roof just because he throws out the line do you trust your wife because he's trying – because he's trying, he's, he's about to get his, his inheritance from his brother dying, which is going to be, what, uh, $60,000 60, $60, or $35,000? And he just says, oh, I'm gonna, they're going to tax the shit out of it. Like, inheritance tax is a thing. They're going to tax it. Then I'm going to buy a car, and I'm going to have to pay tax on the car. My kids are going to ask me to take them for rides in it. It's, I'm going to lose all of the money on it. And he, and, uh, and he just tells him, well, uh, do you trust your wife? I can get you – I can get you a way to keep every cent of it if you just gift it to your wife and the IRS can't touch it, and so and so he's got that moment where he's just—it's the first time we see like Andy's banker history pay off in prison, and because of that, Hadley rewards like gives gives him like gifts him like all this beer for his uh, for for the guys working on the roof, which make which in turn makes them uh, respect him and. Like it earns him a lot of favor in the prison, and with Hadley as well, the because protection was a big it, one. Exactly, like, and the only redeeming thing we see from Hadley is that. And then um after Andy's like beaten to the point where he has to spend what a month in the infirmary, yep. Hadley then uh, beat Hadley then beats Boggs near to death, uh, paralyzes him for life to the point where he's shitting in a bag. Yeah, eating out of drinking out of a straw. Yeah. They, uh, I feel sorry for bogs but no i don't feel i don't feel sorry for Boggs, but i like that's the yeah that's the one moment where I'm like, okay, so there's a bit of like you know there, there's at least like some... hadley's human like he's at least that's the one time he uses his just awfulness of brute force to actually kinda do something nice for somebody in a way he's a human but not a great one <laughs> no he's an awful person, but that's the that's the one time I see like we see him. I will know, give him the benefit for a of decent doubt. reason, if anything. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt for one thing. If I was, you know, doing whatever and some guy comes up to me and goes, do you trust your wife? And that's the only <laughs> thing he says. I'm going to be a little bit confused, a little like pissed. Like, uh, why have you just said this to me? You're not wrong. He like, really could have followed that up a lot quicker than waiting for the man to throw him off the building. Yeah. Though, on the other hand, Andy is not described as... He's a calm, collected, cold mm. person, but cold is the big one yep he's not sociable not really yeah. no he spends the first what month in prison not to- not saying a word to anybody yep and even after then he barely said anything it took him years to finally open up to anyone yeah i think by like, the time they were tarring the roof it'd been two years yeah it, yeah they do mention it'd been two years yeah two, um, he had spent two years before then though Mm. Probably just, just talking to about the Red, if anything. Yeah, and even in the first conversation he has to Red is just, "So uh, here you can get things," and yep. that's it. It's just, "I need a rock hammer and goodbye." Yeah. Speaking of like the him doing not much and the time skipping and all that, mm. that's probably one of my favorite parts in the movie though. Yep. The pacing of that is done so well, and mm. they do make a point to say that prison life is repetitive. Yep. It's the monotony. They just do the same thing every day we can skip all that time yep and nothing will change yeah because they're in prison yeah that that's exactly like and it's one of the things why i i like i really like the pacing of this film it's so well done where the movie is two hours and 20 minutes long but it doesn't feel that way because sure enough you're getting 40 years of time in this film but it's paced in such a way that you're getting all the good highlights. There's gr- like the slow scenes and there's uh, really fast scenes, and it just comes out really well done. Where every single scene in there had importance, yeah. and it all mattered. And the twenty and that's my years that he things. spent in prison would have been long, mm. but for us, didn't feel that. Yeah, and we also see it. Like yeah. a lot of the character like especially Andy, you can see age in this movie. He does lose twenty years in that film. It actually made me think about this, and I haven't gone and looked it up or anything like that. Yep. Is how much of um like what did the main actors actually look like in the time frame I was oh, thinking? Okay. And how much of like was the aging not makeup and then becoming makeup? That's, I was that's a good question. Yeah, where did, I, I imagine the bulk of the movie, so about like ten years in, I imagine that's where they would be, and there was a bit of aging down and a bit of aging up. It's also yeah. from what I've found, it's easier to age someone up than it is to age them down. Just give a bit of a powder, throw it in the hair, and oh, hey, you're old now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it's a lot easier to grey somebody up and add a few wrinkles and that than it is to like get an older person to look like a younger person. Well, that's why they that's... brought in. Um morgan freeman's son (laughs) play play young him in that one picture yep and And also a guy in the prison (laughs) yeah comes up around the fence yells at fish yeah fish and then in the credits he was assistant to morgan freeman (laughs) yeah (laughs) great credit uh very important role need it hey i'd want to i want that job i imagine it pays well oh yeah (laughs) unless you're (laughs) unless you're his son yeah (laughs) every big name actor needs a few assistants Oh, one, one of the great things as well is every 10 years, they've got Red's... I w- it's not a parole hearing. It is, a parole, is hearing. a parole hearing. Is it a parole hearing? I yeah. wasn't sure if that was before or after. Yeah, every 10 years they have him in for the parole hearing because he's he's in there for a life sentence for murder. Yeah. And one of the things I really like in this film is they don't ever... Everyone... they They hype up on that point that everyone says they're innocent, but not everyone is, and there's no way to really know who is and who isn't because sure enough a lot of people there say they're innocent but they have to be guilty yeah. like they they probably are um Andy we can assume is innocent there's there's always like a little bit of doubt in there but yeah. we probably know for the most part that he's innocent being like the lead and there's enough set up there where like we didn't see exactly who committed the crime but there's enough doubt cast on it they did try and prove that he was innocent yeah he well that's as the much thing, as he, they could yeah, that's the thing. With Tommy, we had the point of he probably is innocent. Like, there's this, there's enough evidence for him to at least have gotten a retrial and to have maybe uh, cast enough shadow of a doubt that they would let him go. But he never got the trial. So they never definitively prove that he's innocent. Yep. Um, whereas the only other person who we know exactly if they did or didn't or can it, or can at least assume is Red. Because in his last parole hearing, he kind of admits to it. Yeah, like he has that moment where he says, "If if I could have if, if I could looked at that young kid and and told him told him where and just shown him where he'd end up, maybe maybe he wouldn't have done it." There's another one actually, Carl. Yeah, uh, a bit earlier in the movie, much earlier when they're talking about innocence and stuff like that. Mm. Um, he describes himself as the only guilty man in Shawshank. Ah, okay. So he openly admits. Yep. Very early on, that he is guilty. Okay. He knows he is. Yeah. Whereas a lot of other people are just there, like a lot of other people just say, "Nup nah, didn't do it, lawyer or, or the me. lawyer fucked me is a good one. <laughs> that's such a good line. It's, it's great. <laughs> one way they show, do a great job of showing age is with Red. Um, every 10 years, like he, at the very start when we first see him, that's where he is, that he's 10 year parole hearing. Then we see him when Andy's been there for 10 years to show progression of time. We see him back for his 20 years. Then he's thirty when, and- when Andy's like on the way out in uh, twenty years on, and then ten years later we see him at his forty-year uh, par- uh, parole hearing, and that's when he finally gets uh, deemed approved to to be paroled. Yeah, there was never any uh, ten-year one. Was was the ten-year one not at start though? No, that was the. Oh, was that-, oh was that the twenty? There, was- so there was three parole oh. hearings. And one of my favorite things—I told you this. One of my favorite things—they kept bringing in different actors for every time. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I liked that, uh, you know, little adage though. They bring in a different, Mm. like a different set of five parole uh, officers every time. Yeah. Like, oh, that's cool. Like a little adage. I just liked it. Mm. Yeah. All these. Yeah. All the parole officers. They don't. Like they're not sticking around like he is. They move on every time. They're, like they're not seeing his progression. Hey, I'm not going to spend ten years being a parole officer. No, I'm going to probably improve that. my career. And especially you not know, at the same goddamn prison. Like, oh, this place Shawshank is awful. It brings you down. You can't stay there for more than five years. <laughs> and I'm staff. <starved. laughs> <laughs> I want to know about the prisoners. <laughs> What's life like for them? Don't care. <laughs> but yeah, as you're saying, the moving through the parole thing—it was a good mm. idea of like the passage of time. Yeah, they like, could just state here's how long you've been here. Yeah, exactly. They they it's it's a way for them to within the narrative of the film tell you exactly how long it's been without just having like Red go and forty years on is what happened. Like no, they they just put Granted, it in though, there. That's what Red does. Yeah, I know, but <laughs> he he never he do, he very rarely, except for like those few times in between. Like he he rarely ever tells you how long it's been. He just kind of gives you the year. Yeah, and so it just syncs up for the audience that read uh, the day Andy was put in prison is the same day of his parole hearing yep. for those 20 years. Another good movement of time that then is made easy was when he started sending out the letters and all that all yep. constantly. And then he eventually gets all these books and he's like, oh, it only took me six years. Yep. It's like, oh God, that's been six years. <laughs> oh, it's a letter a week for six years. <laughs> and then he said two more a week and yeah. eventually got more money. <laughs> Maybe now I'll only send them twice, once every two weeks. And then even more money comes in. No, no, he doubled up. Oh, did he? Did he two, double, two oh, sorry, I missed it. two oh. a week. It was insane. <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, I'm like, let's let's, let's get bigger. Mm. And then they gave him $500 annually. I I I, th- I think Andy is a great character, um, and he's such a good he's he's such a great fit in this prison because he's not like everyone else because he tries to make it because he doesn't just sit there and go, okay, I'm going to wait out my life sentence. He tries to make it better for everyone. Yeah. So he gets everyone beers. He in, he tries to make the library improved, and he like makes that his entire effort there. He uh, he helps people out. He do, uh, he gets in good with the warden for a while. As um Red said though, especially when he did the beers, he said mm. um don't know why Andy did it. Curry favor with the guards, or mm. um you know make some friends. He thought it was just to make him feel normal again. I feel yeah. that's really what he wanted. He exactly. just wanted to be normal. Yeah, he, he really like like we said earlier. He just he didn't belong in prison. It wasn't the place for him. He 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 needed to just be. He need, he was he, He's the kind of person who thrives on the outside. He he's not like he's not like Brooks or Red, where he feels the he where he feels like he has to be caged. Like that's the th- that's the thing that gets Brooks, is that once he's finally released. He feels like he doesn't belong anymore. nothing makes sense to him and and that's really the most unfortunate thing. It's like for the guys serving a life sentence like Brooks and Red, the moment they get out, the world's changed. institutionalized is a serious issue though like, oh yeah, just in real life anyway. yeah, exactly like I was, I was I think a couple of years ago reading a Reddit post from someone who um who talked about how they got released from a uh, from a life sentence recently, and the thing that they said was, nothing is what it used to be. Like, for them, the biggest shock was the fact that they got out, and then the internet existed. Oh, God. And that was never something that existed when they went in. It was just suddenly, like, and that's how I, and that's how I think Brooks must feel about cars. Like, he said he saw one automobile before, in like 1905. <laughs> no, and right. then when he got out, he was out in, what, the 60s? And everyone's driving cars. Like now, now it's just a staple of America that if you if you're an adult, you own a car, you just yeah. drive around. And he's like, I, how? There's no horses? No, none of this makes sense. People drive every. I, I don't I even know how no to drive idea. I imagine he has no idea how they even work. Yep, that's that's exactly it. He, it. It's mystical to him, and suddenly it just it it just is, and f- and that's how I feel like it would be now. Like if you were to remake Shawshank Redemption. uh, from like the perspective of someone getting locked up in like the 80s and getting out in the 2000s, it would just be, oh God, everyone has phones? Like you carry one around in your pocket? Like you don't, how? and Why is there a library in everyone's hand? Exactly. It's like, that would just be such a shock for them to just be like, this is more information than I could like in the palm of your hand than I could get in anywhere like I could I would have to go to a library to look up what you can just do in a second and and the fact that you and the fact that you've got the internet so you can just instantly communicate across the world you can access a wealth of information on whatever topic you can watch cat videos that would be shocking because that's the first thing I want to do when I'm out of prison though I want to watch some cat videos dude <laughs> if I were to get locked up for a life sentence now and get out when I'm 80 or whatever first thing I'd do is be like What's the cat videos like in the future? On the other hand, Carl, I've heard that the internet is full of a lot of uh lewd images and I've been in prison for years. I imagine what the first you, thing i do. <laughs> <laughs> I'd go for the cat videos. You'd go for something much less innocent. <laughs> I'd be like, "What's the latest innovation but in cats?" Carl, uh, I'm not, I'm one of the only guilty men in this room. <laughs> <laughs> lawyer fucked me jackson <laughs> well, that should have been the intro lawyer fucked me welcome to, welcome Fox to action. <laughs> <laughs> recording live from prison <laughs> live from hell in a cell are oh, you on a wrestle oh yeah take your shirt off right now uh <laughs> um one, one of my favorite things though was um there's this just beautiful moment where andy's kind of like the newer guy in the group yeah. but it's he's still been there for like over 10 years at this point in the film and the new guy tommy's come in <laughs> yeah so there's that great moment where they're eating and talking to this guy and andy throw and and at one point andy throws a line that was brought when he was the new guy into into tommy and like, there's just that moment where he's just like, I can't, what was the exact line? It was something about being, uh, was, about being um, innocent. It was, I do have this one. Haven't you heard? We're all innocent. Yep. L- lawyer fucked me. <laughs> lawyer fucked me. Yeah, that was it. It was, the. I think it was the lawyer L- it fucked was, me. Lawyer fucked me was it. And he, he stared at the guy who said it first. It was yeah. the, um, Haywood. He, yeah, st- exactly. he stares at Haywood and goes, lawyer, lawyer fucked, fucked me. me. And Haywood loses it. Yeah. And, and it's that moment <laughs> where you realize that, okay, Haywood was the last new guy. It's just that moment when you realize that, like, he, he's, yeah, exactly, that, that's it. Like, Haywood hey, yeah. was the, you can you can tell that in that moment, Haywood was the one who got it from someone else. Yeah, they pass it out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just something that kind of drifts from one person to the other. And, and I thought that was great of just showing, like, this group is, Brooks goes out, like, Brooks leaves, new guy comes in, and that's just kind of, like, the way this group seems to be. Like, it's just this evolving community that keeps shifting onwards where like people are released or the, or they die and then new but new like new fish come into the uh come into the prison and it's, it just kind of keeps going that way and they pass things down it's really good because you can see that though in just real life with just friend groups in general though Yeah. like they are they, when it comes down to it, they are friends yeah That's it. they are friends within this prison they may have not known each other before mm. but now they are friends and they use that friendship though to survive prison yeah like if they didn't have each other they would have crashed. Yeah, th- no, they they wouldn't make it without each other. That's yeah. f- that's for sure. Like Andy needs Red in yep. order to get in order to get through. Like the only reason he survive, like the only reason he survives Shaw- Shawshank, I think, is because he makes friends with Red. Like Red's the reason why he manages to get the hammer to escape. Red's the reason why he manages to get that. Red's the reason why he gets the job on the roof. Yeah, which is which is how he gets in good with Hadley. Yeah. It, mentally, like, oh, like, phys- like, he needed Red to do the plot of the story. Yeah. But mentally, he probably needed the whole group though. Yeah. And in the off time, which we didn't see, you know, twenty years worth, mm. he wouldn't have been Red side every five minutes. Yeah. It's he like, hey, today I'll hang out with Haywood. Today I'll hang out with Brooks in the yeah. library. Yeah, absolutely. Y- yeah. You just once again, you, like he, y- exactly, like you need. Pe- he'd need people. You'd need someone, like, you'd need to have that friendship group, or you'd never make it through a week. Yeah. Yeah? You know? And, for, like, that's exactly it. For him, it must have been so painful to go through, the, like, those first two years without having actually some sort of group to talk to. He just had, like, occasionally he could talk to Red, and then that would be it. And then the sisters would come up, and they At, wouldn't be good friends. Yeah, exactly. They're, yeah, they're not exactly good conversation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, not the sisters. Oh, that's so bad. It, oh, it just hurts. Uh, they were, n- they had what was coming. We said that already. Oh, yeah. But they are arguably one of the worst like things in Shawshank. Like yeah. sure, corruption. Mm. There was a murder, but then you got these guys. Yep. And there's that moment where Red, te- where like Red tells them, uh, yeah, Red tells Andy that just, oh, they're 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 not they're not people. Like you, they're not homos- Like they're not homosexuals. You have to be human first. Yeah. I, I never heard the um term bull queer until this movie. And I was like <laughs> that's a terrible queer. way to describe that. Oh my god. Oh good God. That's too aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a good it's a good adage. Yeah. It's it's a good name it's a good name for what they do. Yeah. Uh and what they do ain't pretty. No, they are the worst. <laughs> yeah and that's why you don't go to prison kids and that kids is why you s- honestly that that that's enough yeah. just show your children like the first hour of shawshank and they'll be like got it yep don't commit <laughs> crime don't get framed for crime don't be involved in crime See, watching the movie though makes me think like what is prison like in real life like i'm not close to the subject i'm yeah. not th- i'm not a terrible like criminal mm. that that we know yeah <laughs> but- i I'm, I'm imagine in like it's probably nowhere near as bad. That's a dramatized version, and also very old. Modern mm. society, more rules, more security. I, I'd hope so. I definitely I really hope, hope so. so. I've heard um, like some bad things from American prisons. Uh, America, I think, is pretty like as far as the sort of first world is concerned. Like as far, or at least as far as Western society is concerned, I think America's not got great prisons for because of pr- uh, privatization. Yeah, I, and I don't want to like speak like I'm an expert on this, I have, I have no idea. Yeah, you and me both. I, yeah, I've only heard like a few things. I, I know that like the privatized prison system is kind of shady as hell. And you kind of see a bit of this with Red where it's... And, and Well, you see this especially with Andy where it's not about rehabilitating prisoners. It's about just keeping them there because you're paid to keep prisoners there. I'm not even too sure to be honest if um, Shawshank is privatized. Because yeah. Because they do get a lot of government funding. Okay. And... I, I'm just not too sure. They are yep. controlled by the government a lot. Mm. So not hundred percent if it's privatized. Yeah, but I would believe it. Yeah. It, it I know the warden me. doesn't own it, he's just a dude there. Yeah. Who's being an arsehole. <laughs> just yeah, he's he's the guy that's supposed to keep the prison running. Yeah. And the warden's a fucking piece of shit. God damn. Yeah. Like I was there there was a moment in there where I'm like, okay, well, at least I can kinda respect the warden a little bit. Like he's he at least like at the beginning I it looked like he had a couple of morals behind him, like he was, you know, provided you don't disturb the peace. It, that seemed to be the way he was. Holds up a Bible. Yeah. Here's my rules. <laughs> like he, he, exactly, he had a bit of a code. Like just no blasphemy, and you should be, and you, and don't disturb anything, or badly, will beat the shit out. And you know, like there seemed to be, you know, a system there. Yeah. Like just you know, li- do it, do as you're told, and you'll be okay. But then it turns out that no, it's a he. He's trying like he's in his own best interests clearly at least for everyone besides andy mm. the warden was exactly what he said yeah that's fair yeah. he did exactly that for 20 years mm. it was here's my rules for the prison i will run a prison and you know don't bla- uh don't be blasphemous yeah that was his whole thing follow the good word of the bible when he's not doing it himself but yep. regardless do as he says not as he does Still, though, I, I, he did hold a code. Yeah. It was just that we were very close to the situation. Yeah, like, and the, the real moral line. Well, like that's the, the thing. Line. For, him, for him, it's like, sure enough, he can uphold those morals to the prison. But at the end of the day, it's more of his wallet that he was concerned about. And oh. so we can see that's why he was after the prison. Yeah, that's the, that's the big evil thing in so many stories, though. <laughs> Greed, money. Although I am so, it it was a beautiful justice moment to see Andy walk out with $370,000 of Warden Norton's money. I think the best beautiful part though was walking with his shoes in the middle of the hallway, like like going to his cell in his shoes. Just polish those shoes to a nice shine. You got it. Polishes the shoes, slips them on and walks right through the prison how often do you look down at a man's shoes? You wouldn't. Yeah, that, no, like, he, I, he's I haven't just seen followed, your shoes today. Yeah, he's, he was just following in his routine. No one's going to be like, Oh hold up, those shoes are rather polished. No one's looking at them. No one cares. Yeah. And yeah, he, so it's just such a great, great reveal when it just like has that montage where he like pulls down the ja- uh, prison jacket and sure enough he's wearing the, uh, the warden's like, suit that he was asked to dry clean. He's got his uh, shoes on and he's just ready to like, bail and start a new life. And it's and he's already done like the pre setup of he's got this fake identity of Mr Stevens ready to go. Who's got a birth certificate? He's got bank papers. He's got several accounts at uh, that what a dozen different banks in his name ready to go, and he just goes through, withdraws all of the money, and walks out. I got to quickly point out the resourcefulness of the Warden Ward Norton though. Mm-hmm. Uh, not wanting to spend money on his own washer and using the prisons. <laughs> yeah, I know. I didn't pick up on look, that. Look at that penny a, pincher over here. That son of a bitch. He's got 37,000 $370,000 in, uh, in in laundered money and he can't use a fucking dry cleaner. He has a wife who like at who's a home like works at home a housewife. That son of a bitch he uses the prison laundry. Oh my you? god! <laughs> that's like that's like being a that's like being a, a manager at a, a like fast food chain and eating the fries. Yeah, <laughs> constantly. That's yeah, my dad. Yeah, exactly. Like just pe- yeah, exactly. Just picking the fries out for his lunch break. What a son of a bitch! Oh my god! I didn't pick up on that. <laughs> wow. Wow what a man Warden Norton okay <laughs> uh, I can't believe he does that <laughs> holy shit I've lost you now <laughs> yep, yeah you've lost me <laughs> uh, final thoughts watch this movie oh definitely mm. like, I, I've watched this over five times now I'll watch it again I could watch yeah. it tonight yeah like, I, heck I was I was half thinking about like finding, finding somewhere to watch it uh, last night I was just like Oh, you know, like I was watching all those clips, thinking, oh, I could go again." Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just really good. That's how I, I felt it. before you came to watch the movie with me. Mm. I was flicking through clips, just to making sure it was all good and all that, and I was like, "I want to watch the movie now, though." And it's also like, I was bringing up Frank Darabont's previous uh, work on, like, The Mist, where The Mist is not a feel-good movie. It's like it beats you down. And at the end, it just cripples you. Like it just, you feel so terrible about everything that happens in that movie. So I'm bogs. Yeah. Well. <laughs> um, but this is this is the opposite, where terrible things happen, and something terrible happens to a good person. But at the end of the movie, you feel good. Yep. Like good things happen in the end. You've got to watch a movie like that every now and then. You don't want to mm. always feel bad. You want to watch a tragedy. That ends up well for the people involved. Yeah, that moment right at the end when uh, Red and Andy met each other on the beach and a hugged was the sweetest thing I've seen in so long. Warmed my dead heart. <laughs> <laughs> Made it skip a beat. It was the uh, best ending they could have done. Yeah, exactly. Just them and Zewatanejo. which I cannot <laughs> pronounce. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember? Do you remember? Do you remember the name of the town we spoke of? Fuck! <laughs> God damn it! They did speak of that mo- that town a good multiple years prior. Yeah. Thank God he remembers. see what in I don't imagine there's much to talk about in prison. Yeah. Well, yeah. Just he's just like, fuck, fuck. it's with Z. <laughs> what was it? Uh, How do you re- spell that? What was it, the red said? He um he just missed his friend. Yep. Of course he's gonna think about him. Exactly. Like that—that's it. His his best friend was uh, gone. Broke, broke my heart when he said that. Like his prison life was getting worse. He was like, ah, oh, maybe I just miss my friend. Yeah, and I'm just, just like, oh, red. <laughs> he needs him. So next week, Jackson, you'll be back for, and this is going to be a first for first for Mike's camera action, because we're going to be looking at a TV show instead of a movie where so i'm going to put a date on this episode ne- uh next week next monday the day before we shoot our show is going to be the finale the last episode of game of thrones oh boy so we're going to we're going to watch that and then come in and talk about our thoughts on game of thrones as a whole i guess yeah since since we will have yeah the fin- the ending will have come there'll be some colorful thoughts i've heard <laughs> oh oh gosh i yeah well let, let's get into that next yeah. week. So until then, goodbye everyone. See you next week.